0: T'was the night before Christmas when all through the land, Fox News warned its viewers of a dastardly plan. The liberals were launching their war on the season to get rid of Christmas and commit acts of treason, removing decorations out of their sight and telling you that Santa and Jesus ain't white, environmentalists who'll come right after your soul. They hate all things Christmas, especially the coal. They'll sneak in your house all dressed in their flannel and instead give the bad kids some new solar panels. They'll take up all decorations that please us, They'll even go after tiny baby Jesus. now all these false lies caused such a frustration. Who would save us all from this misinformation? When live from the net, there came lots of chatter. Could it be old Saint Nick or perhaps someone fatter? Broadcasting from New Orleans down in Louisiana, it was none other than liberal Dan, coming to save the holiday season, busting through their lies with facts, logic, and reason. But I cannot do it myself, he exclaimed. So he called other groups, each one by name. On Christians, on Muslims, on Wiccans, on Jews, on Hindus and Buddhists and atheists too. Let us all spread the word and tell them indeed that there's no war on Christmas, just one on greed. So instead of joining this manufactured fight, listen to Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. <laughs> And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Uh, just leave your uh, area code or what have you in the chat. Just let me know who you are that's calling in so we don't have any trollish type folks trying to sneak in something naughty. Uh, you can also leave your comments and questions in the chat, and I'll get to them as I can. Over at the uh, YouTube chat, I'm not using the Blog Talk Radio chat, so if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you might want to pop on over to the YouTube one as well. It's more fun. And then if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at Liberaldan.com, at Facebook.com, at Liberaldan Radio on Twitter, or here on the YouTube thread as well. Um, <laughs> Aaron West, nice job, Dad. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the bottom half of the hour today, we're going to be talking to Devontae Lewis, the second time he will be on the show. The first time he was on the show, we were discussing the Democratic Party shenanigans during the open primaries in his race when he was running for public public service commissioner here in, in the state of Louisiana. And he made the runoff against the incumbent, and he won that election in the, in the runoff. Uh, so he, I invited him on the show. I basically, I said last week before the election, which was on Saturday, I said, when you win the election, I want you to come on the show. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll come on your show anytime. But I'm like, and then he won. And I was like, yeah, but I wanted to be confident that you were going to win. So I was confident that he was going to win. And he, in fact, won. So we will be having him to discuss several issues, how the race went, uh, how he has some, apparently some big names, at least according to the conservatives some big names supporting his candidacy or at least support, uh, opposing his opponent. Um, uh, he is a much more progressive person than the individual. The, the individual who was running, who was the incumbent, uh, had the support of lots of the establishment in the Louisiana Democratic Party, including former Louisiana Senator Mary Landrieu and current Governor John Bell Edwards. And he also was facing a, uh, a Democratic Party in Louisiana, which basically sucks we're gonna talk about that as well because uh, nobody shoots themselves better in the foot better than Louisiana Democratic Party does. So we'll be talking about that at the bottom half of the hour. Uh, we also got to talk about some of the other things. We got a uh, Brittany Griner who was freed from prison. And of course, everyone is, you know, all the conservatives are like, well, this is a stupid trade, this is a bad trade. Well, let me ask you something. Anybody who's a conservative who thinks it was a bad trade, if it was your relative, who was being held by Russia and you had the and the United States government had the opportunity to bring your relative home wouldn't you want them to do it and everyone's like oh well he's the the agent of death or the merchant of death or whatever they call him because he was an international arms dealer and re- responsible for how many deaths well i mean some other arms dealer may very well have you know, filled that vacuum regardless. I don't know how easily it would be for him to get back in the game at this point, if it's going to be an additional threat, but guess what? I'm sure that the uh, United States intelligence agencies that would be responsible for apprehending him, if he does anything wrong, are going to be keeping a very close eye on him and making sure that he doesn't do any shenanigans again. And if he does, they'll snatch him right back up again. And then maybe they could use him to bring back another American home, you know, Just kind of lather, rinse, repeat type thing. Uh, But Brittany Griner, I mean, just there was no reason that she should have been locked up. And, you know, her family, her wife stood up for her and, you know, was was a great advocate for her. Um, It's great to see a a spouse being such a good advocate for their spouse. Um, You know, very talented attorney. I believe she's an attorney, that's what I, that's what I remember, and she was, she was making very good arguments, uh very good, you know, out there publicly supporting her her wife and of course that makes the conservatives mad even more because cast the lesbian couple. Oh no, how dare we help lesbians out? Um Hey Kimchi in the chat, Jeff, uh Trucker John, Ken Seha, thank you so much. Uh So we've got Jolie, Aaron West, the mod squad, Andrea is here. Cool, Barry, thank you very much for joining Andrea. Andrea, Ken, Jolie, and Aaron all joined me last night on my uh Twitch live stream. We we chatted a little bit as as I grinded out some levels in Fortnite. Um, so thank you all again for joining us. I also uh, um, it, it's it's fun just hanging out and chatting and just and just gaming, even if most of the people aren't gaming with me. So um, if you want to join if you want more liberal Dan, you can also join me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 8 p.m. over on twitch and we can uh we can just have a fun chat over there as well and actually talk about some some political stuff uh, as well so it was great i appreciate all of y'all for whatever you listen to me i do appreciate it um you know you could be listening to something else but you listen to me so that makes me happy um shouts out to the other people who do support the show um would be by being a liberal day and radio patron uh robert reynolds wes bill p jolie aaron your boy Chris, Cesar, and the first Liberal Dan Radio patron, Deminox, and of course Julie Swenson, the first Liberal Dan Radio producer. Um, we are coming up on, um, I don't know, we're about half a year on some, and so, so t-shirts may be coming sometime next year uh, for those people who have a uh, Subscribed, or who have been a Patreon for that long. We also buy. We also have the folks who buy ciders and and uh, shoot me Venmo, which is also very nice as well. And I appreciate y'all for doing that too. But again, the best thing you can do is to subscribe to the show if you haven't subscribed already. I'm pretty sure most people in the chat currently have subscribed to the channel. But just share some videos. I have a couple that I want to make soon. Hopefully, I'll be able to make them soon. They're just all lined up, ready to go. I just need to do them. I've just been. I'm still kind of catching up on my sleep with my new dog. So um, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, we'll tackle uh, the the, the Twitter thing first. Um, let's, Let's play this week's Hypocrite of the Week. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Elon Musk. Musk initially claimed that because he believed in freedom of speech that he wouldn't ban the sharing of information, even information that he claimed might put him at risk. Twitter then banned the Elon Jet account, which tracked the movement of Elon Musk's jet. Of course, the information on the account was already public information. So let's not confuse Elon. He's no longer the richest person in the world and is probably very sad about it. To see who next week's hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central at Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube and blogtalkradio.com. slash Liberal Dan. And there we go. Uh, Elon proving himself more and more conservative and more and more hypocritical every day. And for a while, I think it was the Elon Jet account was banned, but... The Bezos Jet account was not, um, but he, yeah, you know, he's. A, I'm a free speech absolutist, and then he finds out. Oh, well, I own this site, and there are things that I don't like on this site. When you know, and so I'm going to take it down because I don't like it. And guess what? That's his freedom of speech. He has the he that that is really freedom of speech. He owns the site. He has the ability to say whether or not certain activities can happen on his site or not. It's as simple as that. Now, whether or not he uses too much a heavy hand doing those sort of things and becomes too much of a super snowflake over people making fun of him or or tracking his publicly available airplane movements, jet movements, etc. You know, that's going to might drive people away. And make it less of a successful business venture, but that's the one thing that conservatives, one of the many things that conservatives don't understand about freedom of speech is that if Elon is forced to hold host your speech, that's not freedom of speech because that, that's violating his freedom of speech. Just like if somebody is on my show, somebody calls into my show and starts blathering on, spouting some anti-Semitic drivel, I have every right to – yeet them off the program and not take their calls again. That's not a violation of their free speech rights. I don't have the responsibility or I don't have, I don't have, there's nothing requiring me to do that. The the rights that are held in the first amendment are, are protecting you from government infringing on your free speech rights. But it's not private entities that are, have to be forced for you to, Allow you to say what you want to say, so it's crazy. Jeff Curry, I should join Twitter just to see how fast I can get banned. The only reason I haven't really pushed the issue more than I than I maybe would have liked to, although I, I do I do want to kind of post my hypocrite of the week to Twitter and see with, tag Elon in it and it's if he happens to notice it. I doubt he will, but um, you know, just to see if he might kick me off or whatever or ban me. But I really don't want to get banned off of Twitter because I'm trying to. Again, get as much traction, as much as possible, as quickly as possible to try and grow the brand, so to speak. So, oh, let's see. Kimchi, everyone understands this except maggots, poorly educated and informed. Well, you know, Donald Trump did say he loved the poorly educated. And every time they speak, they prove why he loves them so. Because they're so easy to manipulate. They're marks, as you might say in wrestling speak. Um, let's see. See so how smash them like for liberal band? I've got the smooth late night radio voice. Yes. Uh, not quite as smooth as the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. Um, he says he might be doing a podcast soon. I will believe that when I see it, but we will be uh, letting everyone know when he does the next episode, but you can go uh, to Percy podcast. I think I've links to it on my shows, or you can support a page at liberalday.com to support these creator shows. I have links to you know, Ken's podcast, Andrea's, um, I have posts a Link to Hal's uh, and a bunch of other people, uh, TV2, Trucker John, et cetera. And if you have anybody else that you would like to, um, if you have anybody else that you would like to uh, promote or like to think that I should be giving shouts out to, I'd be more than happy to do so. Just let me know, and, I'll, and they will be on my support this creator. Let's see. Uh, Andrew asks, what is Trump's big announcement tomorrow? I really don't know. Um, you know, some wild things came to me where Trump's going to be like, I have negotiated the release of all of the American hostages in Russia. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe because he's Putin's little bitch and he could probably do that because Putin wants to see him get reelected because Putin likes Trump as president. Um, My thing was thinking the polling came out showing that Donald Trump is not favored amongst a lot of the people who will be voting in the 2024 primary, that Ron DeSantis has done some gaining of ground and and leads amongst a lot of people, at least, for that race. And I was, a video that I'm planning on making, and I guess this is the short, short, short version of that video, is what would happen if Donald Trump decided that even though he announced that he was running as a Republican in the paperwork that he, when he filed his candidacy, and when he announced that way back when, you know, last month or whatever, um, (laughs) Jeff, you beat me to it. Um, Even though he announced that he was running as a Republican, I do believe that, you know, that it's most likely, although who knows with him that I'm most, most likely it could be that he is going to be planning on running as a independent instead of a republican and while generally speaking you might think a lot of people who are political pundits might say that if donald trump runs as an independent then whoever the democratic nominee is whether it be biden or somebody else it would be a shoe-in and an electoral college landslide because donald trump and ronda santis would then split all the conservative votes making it easier for joe for joe biden to win it outright and win more electoral college votes than before Um, and that's a possibility um, if they weren't trying to if he wasn't trying to manipulate the system Uh, one of the reasons that the electoral college is broken is that you have a situation where if nobody gets a majority of the electoral college so if the highest number is 269 or less i.e. not 270 then you don't you, then the House of Representatives picks the president, and and what happens? What happens in, a, in one of those contingent elections is that each state has a vote, not each person, but each state has a vote. So Wyoming's vote for who becomes president is the same as California's vote for who becomes president, which sucks. And then you try the person with 26 state's worth of votes becomes the next president and the Senate picks the vice president. So here's the thing. And the Senate picks it just as a Senate vote, Senator, Senator, Senator vote. So it's possible you can get a Republican president and a Democratic vice president that way. And this is all Trump would have to do. And I'll go into more detail about this on the video that I'm making, but all he would have to do is win just enough electoral college seats, just enough seats with the electoral college to make it in and make sure that neither Biden or DeSantis, the majority, and then, then he would just have to make sure that he has a majority of the red states supporting him, which means he would need a very small amount of, people i'll do that i'll be doing the math as to how few representatives donald trump would have to support in order for him to win the presidency he could win one electoral college vote if it was like uh 269 to 268 to 1 making a contested election donald trump even though he came in third would then be able to win the electoral college because he would have supported all of those republicans in those easy seats that he supported in 2022. So people were, people were saying, oh, Donald Trump supported all of these candidates that were going to win anyway because they were very safe red districts. Well, what happens is that all those people are MAGA folks. All those people are, are loyalists, loyal, loyal to Donald Trump. They're his loyalists. And if they then have get, gather enough states worth of votes so that he gets a majority of the red states, and there's only 24 blue states at the moment, only 24 states where you have a majority of Democratic seats. So it would then be Biden in first and then maybe Trump in second. And then the Republicans would then have to figure, well, do we – all those other red states would be like, well, we, we can't outdo the loyalists. The loyalists aren't going to budge. So therefore, we're going to have to either choose to go with Biden or go with Trump. And then they're going to go with – then it would go with Trump. So it's a huge gamble. It would be a huge gamble on his part, but it would be a, it, it would be a way to completely manipulate the situation. And look, let me, he'd have to do it smarter than past candidates. Ross Perot what, got like 30% of the vote one of the times that he ran, and, when he, got, and he didn't even get a single Electoral College vote. He didn't earn a single Electoral College vote, if I'm recalling correctly, because he ran nationwide instead of trying to force the contested election and then have a Congress that would back him. So that's, that's, that's the not so short version of what my video is intending to be. So let's see. Boo, 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 boo. Elizabeth. Hello. I'm still sick. Probably tried is hard, but love y'all. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. i hope you feel better. Um, let's see. Alaria is here. Hi, Alaria. Hi, Crimson. Thank you for joining. Um, let's scroll through the chats. We'll announce his running mate. Um, MT- mtg i don't know if he would announce mtg I don't, is, what, how old is mtg is mtg old enough let's see how old is marjorie pale or green um oh, she's 48 years old okay i guess she is old enough there you go um i thought she was younger than that i guess well, i guess Hatred hasn't aged her too much, whatever. She just looks like a cabbage patch kid. Um, but yeah, Seha, you know, the, the wisdom that the Seha says, please let him go independent with the Republican Party. Conventional wisdom would say, yes, that's what would happen. But these are not conventional times. Um, the, the conventional the, – I'm worried that the, those conventional thoughts would go out the window if he has – enough smarmy people who are smart enough to figure out this is how we do it and win and not, this is how we do it and just split the Republican vote. So Deminox is here. Hello Deminox. He's half awake, which means half asleep, but Hey, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, etc. Um Next Christmas wishes, Mike Lindell for the head of the RNC and MTG for speaker. <laughs> that would be amazing to see MTG as speaker of the house, just to see, what a f- trash bin that would be. Trash dumpster fire that that would be. Um, let's see. Let's see. Say, no, no. If Trump chops independent, he will crash the Republican Party. And Trump is such a narcissist. I see Trump crashing there. I mean, it's possible that that might happen. It's possible that he's such a narcissist that he would just destroy the Republican Party because they're rebelling against him and he doesn't like that. That he might, you know, try and make a crash and burn, and then rule over the ashes, you know, kind of like Littlefinger, except he has lots of little fingers. Um, but the um, it's still even even if even if what I suggest in the video would be improbable, it's still a way that the, it's another reason why the electoral college system is broken and has to go away. Um, West Webb. She's in good shape for an old broad. I guess you're talking about MTG. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, she cuts her husband or I guess her ex to be ex-husband so much that it, it's got to give her good exercise. Right. Um, let's see. MTG has the right to bear arms well, uh yes you show Come on. Trump's just fundraising and hoping that running will keep him out of court. That's also true. I'm sure Trump's Fundraising is going to be, you know, a lot of it is to to milk his. I mean, he he already built, uh, you know, Herschel Walker supporters out of money because he was trying to campaign and fundraise off of Herschel Walker, and none of the funds that he raised went to Herschel Walker. They went to him because you know he's a narcissist. So, um, uh, let's see, electoral college filibuster and gerrymandering all need to go. Yes, I would love to have more of time to focus on my ideas for. Um, Eliminated gerrymandering simply because by getting rid of districts, because we don't congressional districts aren't needed anymore. We have, you know, used to be you'd have a geographical area that one congressperson would represent, and they they would, you know, have to be able to get around geographically speaking. And and there you go. That's that's how you made these districts. But now you don't need these districts because you can just give the states the, the number of uh house seats that they have and then just vote slates of electors slates of people in not just electors but slates of people say okay this louisiana has six seats well let's the democrats can run two or run run six candidates and if they get a two-third a third of the vote then they're going to get two seats there you go it'll be truly what the house of representatives was meant to be which is a representative of the people so let's see um Half hour till Benny's birthday show. Cool. Um, I might finish in about a half hour ish, depending on how long I go with uh, um, with Devonte Lewis. So, but before we get on, let's see. Let's see. Hey there, on a call about tonight's storms. Going to be a bit late. Uh, that's fine. Just let me know, and I will answer when you call in. Perfect. There was storms tonight um so there was a big tornado that went through Algiers. I live in Algiers, and the big tornado went through Algiers. I'm fine, we're fine. it didn't hit us but uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of damage it killed at least one person um it, it did a lot of damage um like my the hospital where my mother in law is at lost power um she doesn't require any sort of life support or anything which is good uh, so yeah it's uh it was a little bit. We were. We had our eyes on the news, just watching it and make sure we didn't have to go run into our bathroom real quick, just to make sure that we uh, stayed in our centralized room or whatever. Um, where is the front at? What's, is that a typo? I don't know. Um, anyway, so the other thing I did want to talk about before Devonte Lewis comes on the show is the fact that um, we found we got nuclear fusion. And that's why I did the power, unlimited power, like from Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. Um, he, uh, we we have, you know, the dream has been nuclear fusion now, that just because they were able to achieve it, it doesn't mean it's going to be instantly available for everybody to use, and we can now eliminate fossil fuels. Uh, but um, it's a great step in the right direction and it if we were able to make this big enough we could eliminate all other forms of power potentially because the amount of power that exists in a cup of water with nuclear fusion is much more than like what tons of coal or pounds at least pounds of coal if not tons of coal i don't know the exact numbers um etc so but here's the thing and i if you have, if you've watched the show for all mankind on Apple TV, um, I don't want to spoil too much of it. If you haven't, it's a good show. Uh, it's about women getting involved in the space race early because the Russians Russians beat us to the moon, and then we get to other places in space that we hadn't gone to in, in our reality. Uh, but one of the things uh, that they have in the show is that one of the rich people, you know, one of the one of the people who is an inventor or whatever, or maybe one of the countries finds a material on the moon that makes it easy to have nuclear fusion. So now we have fusion reactors and you can have fusion power. And you have people striking on the show as kind of a sub story because all of these people are like coal workers and oil field workers, et cetera, who are all upset because they're losing their jobs because They lost because you no longer have those industries anymore. And so I'm just wondering how much would conservatives, Republicans just fight tooth and nail against the implementation of nuclear fusion simply because of the fact that they are just ultimately beholden to big oil, to to coal, to the fossil fuel industry, and they will never want to let it go. Even if it's to the benefit of everybody, and uh, the idea that these people would have to be out of jobs is ridiculous. You train them to work in, under, in other industries at that point, and maybe with nuclear fusion, it opens the door for many other industries to take place. For many other, for, if if you're having that innovation, it's going to come with other innovation. You know, if you're working on an oil field, maybe if we have nuclear fusion, uh, this. Space race can become better, and now you can, you can work on building things for, you know, new spaceships or new things on the moon or whatever, you know, just, or just here at things at home that would require new infrastructure. Maybe you'd be able to build a, a really good um, nationwide rail system that would enable us to go from coast to coast real quickly um, and powered by this cheap energy that you it basically ends up being free. Um, okay, Andrew asked, what is nuclear fusion, though? Explain what it is. Okay, so 30,000-foot 30, 30, view of it. Okay, normally nuclear fission – our nuclear power plants run on nuclear fission. So what that means is you shoot a small particle at an atom, like uranium or plutonium or whatever, and that splits the atom into two. So by splitting the atom into two, you then – uh, it creates energy, um, but that, that energy that's created has waste. It has nuclear waste involved because it's radioactive. You're using these, these these metals that are the ore that's radioactive, so it has radioactive waste to it. So it ends up being dirty, and it's also dangerous if you have meltdowns, like we're all concerned about with Russia bombing the Ukrainian nuclear power plants, etc. cetera, um, nuclear fusion. Is you know, what, they have, what they did here is they took lots of lasers and they pushed two atoms just closer and closer together to fuse them together. And by fusing them together, it releases a crap ton of energy. And it's not radioactive. Um, it's basically what the sun uses. Nuclear fusion is, is basically the fuel of the sun. But people are thinking, well, you have nuclear fusion. It's so hot. You, know, you can't have a sun here on the Earth how do we do it so they've been trying to do things like cold fusion or other other ways they've they've been investigating fusion for almost as long as they've been having fission um but basically the, again the difference is fission which is what we have now is the splitting of atoms apart and and creating energy that creates heat and the heat you know heats up the water and spins the turbines but then you have the gunk afterwards and then fusion is you're pushing the atoms together and, like, you, you know, they, they say, again, I don't know the exact amounts, but, like, a glass of water has more power in it than, like, a bunch of coal. Like, you get, you get so much more out of a glass of water than you want a bunch of coal. And you just have to push them together. So, um, Elizabeth, they can now do this with magnets. Um, let's see. What happens in a meltdown? There, there is no meltdown with nuclear fusion. It's not, it's not radioactive it's it's i guess it's it's a, I, don't, I don't know how to best explain it. I mean cuz when we think nuclear power we're thinking the nuclear fission power which is based off of radioactive material which we can allow which can allow meltdown now nuclear power plants today are much safer than the nuclear power plants of before and i've been an advocate for um making more nuclear power plants under the current technology is simply because of the fact that we have better technology to deal with what happens if we were to potentially have a meltdown to prevent the meltdown from happening. Uh, The problem is is that people are too, people remember Chernobyl, people remember Three Mile Island, people remember all of the threat that could potentially happen in in the worst case scenario and don't want it in their backyard. So no one's going to support a nuclear power plant in their backyard. And so you're going to have a hard time convincing somebody else to put a nuclear power plant in their backyard. But with nuclear fusion, you don't have that dangerous part of it. Uh, See how O2 plus H equals H2O plus energy is how we flew to the moon. Um, So they basically can get rid of nuclear energy, then no nuclear war. I mean, they still would have, um, they still would have the remainder of the nuclear waste from other nuclear power plants that would uh, that would could potentially be dangerous and gotten in the wrong hands there's also the current existing all set of nuclear warheads. I don't know if there would be ever not be a threat of nuclear war because even though we're getting rid of even though we would be getting rid of fission as a as a function of energy creation, we'd still have the knowledge and the technology to be able to create those weapons and well, there's the whole idea of the nuclear deterrent do we want, do we, do we get rid of our nuclear weapons knowing that Russia has theirs? No, we don't. So um, fission fusion, f- fuses, fission splits or fissures um, nope, the waste is forever. We can't deal with the waste. Now, Elizabeth, yeah, E equals MC squared. Basically, that's the point. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. So the amount of mass you know, you, you split the mass or you you, you you fuse the masses together and you get M times C squared energy when they're fused together. So um, fusion is insanely hot. That would melt down its containment, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a nuclear meltdown. Well, I mean, they're going to have to figure out a way to get it done. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably 30 years away um, at this point, but until this past week or so, or this, this year, at least, I don't know exactly the date where it happened, but until this year, the idea of us creating a fusion reaction was science fiction-ish. Like, we knew it should be able to happen. We know that fusion takes place. We know it takes place in the sun. Um, We knew that it would, that we know that it happens. We just didn't, nobody was able to make it happen first. So once we made it happen, then we're like, oh, I mean, well, we made it happen uh, with a hydrogen bomb, I think. I think the hydrogen bomb did make an explosive did have explosive energy um because it was non-contained fusion reaction um but uh, a controlled fusion reaction where we purposely are trying to just extract more energy from the energy that we put in is what we eventually got um and we were able to do it so now that we are able to do it we can now work on making it so it's duplicatable and sustainable, and something that can be that just be used to create unlimited power, as I say. Um, I mean, combined hydrogen and oxygen is a of fuel cell, but that's not that's not fusion, though. Um, are Schrodinger's cats in the box? Yes. Well, there's the whole Schrodinger thing. is 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 it was funny. One time I explained the whole Schrodinger thing to my wife, just on a whim. I was like, this is what the, this is what the Schrodinger's cat means, or whatever. And I explained it to her. And then we watched Big Bang Theory two days later, and they brought up uh, Schrodinger's cat. And I was like, hey, hey now you get it. You, I, told you the, I told you what it means, and now you understand it. Um, this is about my pig rate. I don't even know what tra- trans fats or gluten is, but I think I like them. Uh, yeah, Jeff. Uh, I, to quote uh, John Panette, I don't know what gluten is but it's delicious um actually the the wheat protein is what gluten is because my wife has celiac so she has to avoid gluten um which sucks because many different places just don't care about making sure that things the food is safe so those places that do make safe food are the ones that we love the most um The universe we live in might have started as a tiny little orb of fused energy. Well, yeah, the Big Bang, potentially. Um, we've had several fusion fractions so far, almost for a few seconds. It's the heat we don't know how to deal with yet. Um, yeah, I love John it too. I saw, I saw him in concert um, with my wife um, early on in our marriage, so maybe 2008, 2009-ish, I think. Might have been 2007. I don't know. Um, he came to Mississippi and I was die. I was hurting so hard. I was laughing so hard. He was just so funny. Like one of the jokes he made was uh, I even I even knew where he was going and I died laughing anyway, because he was like, I lost a hundred pounds. He goes, like, I-, I lose a hundred pounds. And then people be like, wow, I can really see it in your face. He's like, how big was my face? And just dead, just dying, laughing over John Panette. Uh, Free waiting. <laughs> anyway so um, yeah R.I.P. John Panette Wait, that's all that Dan could do also what conjecture and speculation yeah I mean yeah with, right now it's conjecture and speculation as to what will happen I mean I, I was trying to listen to uh, like I saw Mishio Kaku was on MSNBC and he was he had kind of mentioned you know that it, the ability to take what we did just now and expand it to something that's usable for our society. What well, he said it would be about thirty years. So if Michio Kaku says it's about thirty years, I- I'm inclined to believe with him. Believe him. Um, he's a very brilliant uh, physicist, and he's a great writer too. He, I've read uh, a couple of his books that you know him and Kip Thorne have re- written. Um, they, if, if you really want to find if you really want to have a better understanding of like modern science written in a way that's able to be grasped by lay people, um, check out uh, Kip Thorne. he has a really big book. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. I'll have to share it. Maybe I'll share it next week. I'll share it in a thing. Or, or maybe I'll take a quick break and I'll find the link and I'll put it in chat. Um, um, Kip Thorne and Mishi Kaku both have great books explaining um, how things work. I think Mishio Kaku also had, I think he has a book called The Physics of Star Trek, kind of going into what would be needed to do what they do in Star Trek. Um, and one of the things is that's funny is that, um, one of the things that's funny about that is um, the first thing that was asked in the book, well, what's the first mistake that they make in Star Trek And if they split the infinitive, they say to boldly go instead of to go boldly, um, which is not a science error. It's it's an English error. Error. Uh, Some people say it's not an error. That is technically grammatically correct. But a lot of people would say that you you should say to go boldly. You shouldn't split the infinitive. Anyway, but um, one of the people, Michael Okuda, who was one of the technical directors for Star Trek The Next Generation, was asked one time, how does the Heisenberg?" How do the Heisenberg compensators work? Well, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle for 30,000 point view is that for very small things, you can't know like two things about them. Like you can know certain things with certainty, but like if you know the location of it, you don't know it's like where it's traveling or what the, what direction is or how fast it's going. If you know the direction it's going, you can't know the exact space it is. So there's, so there's uncertainty about these small atomic particles that you just can't know. And so in order to beam somebody from one place to the other, you need to be able to find all their particles and where they are. And so they created this plot device, which is the Heisenberg Compensator, which basically compensates for the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle. And when asked, how does the Heisenberg Compensator work in Star Trek, the technical director, Michael Okuda, goes, very well, thank you, and then just leaves it be, because... It's just a fiction. It's just something that's made up to be able to accomplish what they would want to do. So, um, could election electric engines work in space? I think ion engines could work in space. Um, I Wonder what Stephen Hawking would think about this nuclear. I'm, I'm sure. I think Stephen Hawking was it. The Theory of Everything, his book. I think. I think he probably discusses that a bit. Uh, Kimchi, if you know the rules, you can break them to boldly go as bolder and cooler. <laughs> uh, he already, let's see. Do, 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 do. Kinky Streets, hello, hello. Um, Kimchi West, Wes, we are on the same wavelength tonight. That's awesome. Uh, yes, electric motors work in space. Uh, they have a post license, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. <laughs> Wes, hilarious. Um, Schrödinger's a misnomer. The whole point is that the cat is dead, and the quantum mechanics can only work on the micro scale, not the macro. The beginning starts with an absurd experiment. Well, yeah. Well, the absurd experiment is whether it's not the cat is dead or not because the cat is big. The the point of the Schrödinger experiment. Okay, so you have a piece of you have a piece of uranium or some radioactive material in a box, and you also have the cat in the box, and the cat. There's either some poison will be released or some gun will be shot or something will happen where the cat dies when one atom of that nuclear material decays. Now, you, nuclear material has a half-life. So if the half-life is like five years, that's how long it takes half of the material to decay. If you have five pounds of material, you now have two and a half pounds of material because it decays. Um, roughly speaking, I may have gotten that a little bit wrong, but whatever. Um, but while you can know what the half-life is, you can't know, you can't predict when a particular atom in that is going to decay. So while half of it will decay in five years, you can't know whether or not any of it decayed immediately until you make the, until you look at it. So it's not that whether or not the cat is, it's not, it's not an experiment based on a large cat being alive or dead. It's an experiment basically saying you can't know whether or not that an atom decayed until you make the observation. Um we're going super nerdy tonight here on liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Um let's uh I guess do a reset. Uh I guess Devonte Lewis is still in his meeting, which is cool. Um show reset support the show, patreon.com slash liberal dan or patreon.liberaldan.com or you can buy me a cider. Uh just go to the buymeacoffeecom coffee.com slash liberal dan radio or go to liberaldan.com, click the buy me a cider link, and you can get there that way. Um, you can Venmo me, um, you know, if you, if you don't want to do an upfront, if you don't want to do an upfront thing, just don't say it's a business. They doing it in a friend, so it doesn't cost me money or whatever. Um, because you not buying something. You're just donating. So just do it with friends and family or whatever. Um, again, share videos, subscribe to the channel to subscribe. Uh, we have 23 concurrent viewers viewers, but only 16 likes. So you can make sure if you haven't liked the video yet, please make sure to do so. Um, Let's see, po, 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 po. yeah, sixteen likes and twenty three people. That's what we got. So like away, work, work the YouTube algorithms because you know we're trying to uh, we're trying to get this show off the ground, so to speak. And maybe that we have fusion, we can manage to do so. Um, who are the four four itches? Uh, right now, yeah, eighteen and twenty two now. So I don't know. We can't, they don't allow you to see who liked it and who disliked, or who liked it and who's viewing, so you can't publicly shame. And some it might even be more than 22 viewers, more than four people who hasn't liked it, because it's possible somebody came in and left. So. Let's see. Adam I Anons, Schrodinger Scott was point that quantum experiments can't work in the macro while other scientists were trying to use it in the macro. He was pointing out that, I mean... Say, uh, you kept me up. I had fun, Dan. I'm glad you had fun. I appreciate it. Um, what, is the, what is the scientist joke? Um, so scientists went on vacation, or the physicists, went, nuclear physicists went on vacation, and they put a sign on the door and said, sorry, gone fishing. Anyway, we can't use up all the helium, though, as the fuel, because we need to be able to keep the helium so we can talk funny, because that gag is always funny. So. Um, let me go ahead – let's go ahead and take a commercial break um, so I can take a good chunk, a good sip of water, whet um, the whistle, so to speak, come back. We'll continue to talk nerd stuff, science, Twitter, all that other stuff, and maybe we'll have Devonte Lewis as well. We'll see. But again, about two minutes or so, we'll come back. Little Dan Radio, talk from the left. That's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there podcast listeners, this is Deminox, host of the world according to Nox. It's time for season 2 where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for MarsCat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdeminox. The letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Little Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, 914-803-4131. Um, Jolie just gave a link on how to buy me a cider or buy me a coffee, if you will. Uh, and also the Patreon link as well for as little as $3 a month. Um, there is one OG minicast listener left, even though I haven't done a minicast recently. But y'all, as, as long as I don't do a minicast, y'all get the shout outs on the main show. Uh, which is fine, um, and there's I think a few left of the OG li- regular listener at the five dollar a month. Um, what, and once the end of the year hits, I'm 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 eliminating the excess OGs and just making it regular shirts regular uh, regular levels. So if you want to jump on those, just please make sure to do so because um, there's only so many OGs I guess that we can have. So uh, trying to my links here is being I did share the link in the chat for. Oh, there it is. I uh, did share a link in the chat for um, the Kip Thorne, one of the Kip Thorne books that I've read um, that does a really good explanation of um, scientific topics for lay people. Um, and you can also, here is this. This is a Michio Kaku book, but um, if you click on that link, and I guess anything you buy from Amazon will um, will give me credit as well. So that's another way to support the show is buy things from Amazon through my links. If you're planning on buying things through Amazon, buy things on Amazon through my links. So, uh, kimchi. I don't like Patreon. Why don't you like Patreon? Um, but there's also – I think you can also subscribe monthly on the Buy Me A Coffee as well if you don't want to do that. Um, or you could just send me Venmo money every month. <laughs> so – um, yeah, Wes, um, uh, actually don't call, I probably shouldn't have announced the phone number tonight because as soon as, uh, Devante Lewis calls in, I'm so hoping his meeting will be over soon, um, uh, which is fine. He, you know, he has, he's had a call and he's a very, you know, it's going to be a busy guy with his new position as public service commissioner. So he's, you know, that takes precedence, especially over the fact that there was a huge storm with lots of power loss and everything. Um... So yeah, so what we're we're going to be getting a call from Devonte Lewis, so it might not be the best night for phone calls tonight. But save your phone calls for next week, and we can chat then uh, for the 21st for the for the show before Christmas. Um, I'm hoping to have a different night before Christmas parody other than mine. I re- I redid the War on Christmas one in my own voice today. Because, I, because the last time I recorded it, it wasn't great. It wasn't on the best microphone. So I recorded it on this microphone. So I think it sounds a little better than the last time. And I'll re-upload that to YouTube as well. Um, however, um, you know, I'm hoping to have somebody else do it. And that'll be a surprise as to who gets it done. We'll see who gets it done. Um, let's see. Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Thank you. Um, thank you for showing up appreciate you everybody's welcome as long as they behave right um, I did drunk a little darling once West web I had a flashback <laughs> so what else trying to trying to think so I talked about diffusion stuff pretty much all I wanted to because because that's my concern basically with diffusion is that um, is that once it becomes feasible to do it on a grand scale once it becomes feasible to be able to uh use nuclear fusion to provide power to the planet and to to power things like you know vehicles and spaceships and everything like that and once that becomes a reality conservatives are going to fight it because they're not going to want to get rid of their fossil the fossil fuel industries are going to fight it and the conservatives are going to fight it and they're going to want to just not they, they won't go away easily they won't be smart and try and come up with other technologies they could invest in. Because if the writing's on the wall that fusion is coming at some point, these companies are stupid if they don't plan ahead and don't plan to try and start investing in other types of technologies that would be suitable for the use of nuclear fusion or uh, maybe some other technology altogether. Start working on things so that your business can continue on Even if the original business purpose that you had was making energy, that is no longer needed. So, And when nuclear fusion takes place and everyone is using that because it's cheap and freely available, then the demand for fossil fuels will go in the tank, and therefore the stocks for all that will go in the tank. So in order to make sure that the stocks don't go in the tank, invest in other types of technologies that will enable you to continue to run your companies. It's as easy as that. Um, or or we just get Star Trek and we get um, futuristic space, space socialism and, you know, we move on to that part of the future. Um, do, 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 do. Elizabeth, Ukraine getting Patriot Defense System. Uh, that's good. Uh, I, I You know, of course, I'm so baffled by the conservatives that used to – conservatives used to think that Russia was the enemy and that Putin was horrible and how dare – Obama, you know, some try and negotiate with Putin. And now the conservatives like, well, why doesn't Biden negotiate with Putin? Well, you know, because they're kissing Putin's ass because Putin loves Trump and they love Trump. So, therefore, they love Putin. So, um, yeah. What else? Oh, I tweeted something else out today, um, which was just kind of a realization that I had where, you know, sometimes I, I consider myself, you know, I don't know if imposter syndrome is the right word for it. Cause a lot of times imposter syndrome is something like, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be where I'm doing. And I don't think that I'm valid enough to do what I'm doing. Even if I'm doing a good job, like you're in a job, you're doing good work, but you don't feel like, you know, you're fit and you fit in your belong. Therefore, but sometimes that's what imposter sy- syndrome feels like. But sometimes I also feel like it's um like sometimes there are a lot of people online who will share, like, this is what, having ADHD is like, uh, and I'm just, and, I'm, and I watch all these people post all these memes about what ADHD is like. And I'm like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it sounds like things I do. And, uh, but I don't, I feel like I have imposter syndrome uh, because of the fact that even though I do all these things that people say that people with ADHD do, I I don't have a diagnosis, I don't feel like I'm, I'm comfortable enough saying I have ADHD, even if it's undiagnosed. And some people have come around and said, "Well, most people who are adults who have not diagnosed them, who have not been diagnosed as kids with ADHD often are self diagnosed examples of ADHD. and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and of course, one of the things that they will say that people with ADHD will do is they'll have imposter syndrome. So, again, that's another thing that, you know, just adds onto the pile. Uh, but with the rise of anti-Semitism and the rise of, you know, with, with Ye, you know, spouting anti-Semitic stuff, Kyrie Irving spouting anti-Semitic stuff, uh, Elon Musk you know, posting memes with Pepin the Frog, that is an anti-Semitic thing or whatever. Um, it's really starting to show how, you know, Jewish people are really a marginalized group. Or it should show that. But sometimes I have, I, I'm uncomfortable saying that Jewish people are a marginalized group, especially when it comes to the Jewish people that look like me. You know, Ashkenazi Jews, basically European Jews and not Sephardic Jews from the Middle East. Um, you have uh, some people that basically Jews that look white. Um, I'm a man. I'm, I am white. I, unless you're a Nazi, he doesn't think that I'm white. Uh, cisgender. Um so all these things that I have going for me when it comes to privilege, but yet I I still feel like I'm comfortable, but I still have the, the the knowledge and the fear in the back of my mind that we, you know, that I'm a, that I could potentially be at risk anytime because of the fact that there are a growing number of people who feel comfortable being vocal about their anti Semitism and who feel like they can share it freely and are free because they have a president or a former president who uh who had no problem backing the Nazis in Charlottesville, for example. And they're emboldened by him and Trump and the people like Trump and like the, the Madison Cawthorns of the world and the the Marjorie Taylor Greens who goes speaks who goes and speak with um what's his face that Kanye West is hanging out with on the Alex Jones show. Um these people are emboldened these people feel like they can they're unstoppable and now they have the backing of powerful people so therefore they can do more and it makes me feel like i'm a threat and i've been feeling this way since 2016 and part of it was in 2016 i was i was raising my concerns over over trump and what he did and what he said and how he he had an anti-semitic pass even before he became president and People were, like, gaslighting me and telling me, no, you're not right. No, this isn't happening. No, you're kidding yourself. You're being ridiculous, Dan. No, because I was saying, well, Trump is akin to a Nazi. Trump is Trump is following Hitler's playbook to a T. remember saying things like lying, fake news, which is lying press, which is Lugan press, which is what Hitler said. Uh, Hitler scapegoated an entire religion. You know, Hitler scapegoated the Jews. Trump scapegoated Muslims. And people are like, but it, there's no camp. There's no Donald Trump didn't make the so I'm like, well, I'm not saying that Donald Trump is 1945 Hitler. I'm saying Donald Trump is 1933 Hitler, where it started, you know. And that's the thing is like, whenever people question me, whenever people ask me, well, you know, it's ridiculous, or, or, or say, well, we're not there yet. We don't have this situation happening yet. And I'm like, well, when are you? When am I supposed to speak up? Am I supposed to speak up when I see the warning sign? Am I supposed to speak up when it's done? When they already implemented it? Like to make a football analogy, if I'm a defensive lineman and I see that they're about to run the ball, do I warn the people, Hey, they're about to run the ball so we can set up and change and shift the defense in such a way that can defend the run. Or do I if I say they're going to run the ball, and, and all my teammates are like, you know what, they're not going to run the ball. They're going to pass. And so they play the pass, and I'm sitting there waiting for the run. All of a sudden, well, there comes the run, and he runs right by. And then he's, you know, halfway to the end zone, past everybody, and then the, the defense is now like, oh, well, maybe we should have stopped the run. Maybe we should have listened to you. That's how I feel. It's like, at what point are we going to say enough is enough? At what point are we going to put our foots down, put our foot feet foot down? put our feet down and say, stop it. This is enough. This, we, are, we are putting an end to this bigotry. We're putting an end to this anti-Semitism. We are going to stand up and stop it right now, because if we wait too long, it will be too late, and people will be hurt, and people will die. Because we've learned this in history, that's what happens when we're silent, when people do nothing, when people just appease you know, when you're when you're Neville Chamberlain and you, you appease the Nazis, when you when you when you just OK, well, you can take this much when you're Candace Owens and say uh, Adolf Hitler would have been OK had he just wanted to make Germany great. If he wasn't a globalist, Hitler would have been fine, just doing his activities within the borders of Germany. I'm like, great, so you're, you're fine with it, the fact that he exterminated the Jews as long as it was inside Germany and not outside Germany. That's what you're saying. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't say that. Well, yes, you did, because you said Hitler would have been fine if he would have just made Germany great again. But he didn't say he would have been fine if he would have just focused on making Germany great again without killing Jews. But then these people, well, thats that's not what it is. And then, you know, it's, it's with Trump too, it's like, well, it's not what he said. Well, that's, well, maybe he said it, but he was joking. Well, maybe he wasn't joking, but it's never going to get done. So we have to stop it. We have to stand up and tell people, no, you don't, you listen to the people who are marginalized. You listen to the people who are giving you the warning signs. Um. I said this way back when, too. I made the other football, a similar football analogy. It's like we have the playbook. We literally have Hitler's playbook in our hands, and we're looking at it. And we're seeing that they're about to pass the ball. Why are we defending the run? Because we're stupid, because we're, we're thinking, oh, well, they're not going to do what they did. Of course they will, because it, it was proven to work up until a certain amount of time. So anyway, let's go ahead and scroll back through the chat and see what we can do. Um Suzanne, this is my only support groups, everyone a few others too uh, cr- cr- crimson sixty six Republicans love whatever benefits them exactly, and even then, but that 's not even true because there are plenty of Republicans who love things that don 't benefit them. you know a lot of the people who are Republicans who are on public assistance who fight against public assistance and because they don 't they, they fight against you know, higher taxes for the rich to pay for it, even though they're poor. Why? Because they hope that one day they're going to be, they're going to be rich too. And if they hit that lead, they don't want to be taxed higher, a higher amount. So, you know, it's just like the people who fought for the South, who didn't own slaves. They thought at some point, um, they thought at some point that, they might be well off enough to get a slave too. And they don't want to be prevented from having slaves because they thought having slaves was cool. That's why they fought the war. That's why they fought against the North. That's why they were traitors. Um, let's see. Kimchi. Go to a doctor. Adderall makes a huge difference for me. Concentration and ability to prioritize. I'm reminded of a South Park joke. I don't know if I want to make it. <laughs> I was doing some South Park imitations on, on the Twitch stream last night. Um Another thing about ADHD, many normal people have some of the traits or moderate versions of the traits. Yeah, Alarajia Nick Fuentes, yes, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, and that's the thing, like well that's a lot of things similar things with autism, with with the autism spectrum. Like a lot of people who are, you know, the crazy anti vax conspiracy theorists are like, Well, we have more vaccines and now we have more cases of autism. Autism is, you know, more prevalent now than it was before or whatever, because of all these vaccines. And no. It's not the case. It's not the case that autism is, is, is happening more often. It's the case that we are better we are better at finding people who have autism. We are better at diagnosing autism. We are better at catching it and, and and you know being able to make sure that people get assistance earlier on because we see, oh, they have this, this is potentially autism, let's put them into this system and see if we're able to help them and give them the the, the whatever need they might need. Uh, because of their autism diagnosis. So, but again, conservatives don't understand that sort of thing. They 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 have hard times with that. The um, Andrea will be right back. Benny needs me. I mean, I guess if anybody do, does need to go to Benny or just want to leave me open while going to Benny Loco, I I understand that. That's fine. Um, Kimchi. The sad fact is, no one can tell you're a Jewish by looking at you. They use your last name. Wait till the fascists get your DNA drop. Yeah, I mean, the DNA, my DNA test, I posted it on Twitter, 49% Jewish, 50% like Western European, which is my mom's side because she was adopted, and 1% Sardinia. Don't ask me where the Sardinia came from. But yeah, if they were able to get a hold of my DNA, they'd be like, oh, there's the Jew. Um, But yeah, there's, there's only one person who's ever looked at me and been like, yeah, he's jewish and i was like really you 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 caught that but yeah i don't look i don't feel that i look jewish at all um you know there's not that stereotypical look in of itself um but yeah but even with zimmerman like there are lots of german zimmermans that are not jewish so it doesn't necessarily mean that i'm jewish and i'm not practicing i don't go to synagogue um the last time I was in synagogue was when an adult friend of mine had converted to Judaism and she became bat mitzvah, and so she had a bat mitzvah, so I went to the, went to the synagogue to help, help her celebrate, and I, it's funny because I, I sat down in the chairs and in the, in the rows and grabbed the Bible and the chumash, and the prayer started, and I, it was like riding a bicycle for the most part. I remembered all of most of the prayers. I remembered what to do for most of the prayers, and only the only difference was sometimes for some of the prayers, certain synagogues sing different tunes to the songs than uh, other synagogues do. So, kind of like riding a bike. Um, let's see. i I've been scared since 2016. Yeah, absolutely. I've been scared since 2016 as well. But again, people gaslight. Oh, that's not. You're you're, you're silly. Um, Boom, 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 boom! Hold on, I, I just got scrolled again. Bill P, this is why I complain about walls. They are always constructed under the false assumptions to keep people out, but in the end, do they really keep people in? Right? Yeah. Like signs, <laughs> like the song "Sign," um, and the sign said, "Everybody caught trespassing will be shot on sight." <laughs> anyway. Um... I'm going to sign off. Bye for now. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you say goodbye, LaRasia. Thank you for joining us. Uh, ah, it scrolled on me again. I hate when it scrolls on me again. It keeps scrolling on me. 10,000 years later, we still ignore the FASD. Kids mostly up in jail. Um, got a shirt that says, I'm not a gynecologist. Got a of shirt that says, I'm not a gynecologist, but I'll take a look. I saw a shirt on, on Facebook today. Um, I'm not a gynecologist, but I know a C word when I see it. Although it doesn't say C word. It says the see you next Tuesday word. Um, hilarious. Um, Chris is took the DNA test. Danish, Irish, Iberian and West African. See, I, I tweeted it. I, I wanted to get Lizzo to retweet me because I tweeted my DNA results that had me like being opaque. So, 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 so white. I was opaque or whatever or translucent, I think, maybe that was one of your, I was translucent, um, and I said, took a DNA, test, found out I'm 0% that bitch, so, because that's how caucasious I was, uh, let's see, there would be more Jews if the conversion process, I don't know if there would be more Jews if the conversion process were easier, I'm not sure if I agree with that, um, kind of like what Tom Lehrer says in, in National Brotherhood Week way back in the day. It's like, oh, the Protestants hate the Catholics, and the Catholics hate the Protestants, and the Hindus hate the Muslims, and everybody hates the Jews. But during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, National, everyone smile at one anotherhood Week, be nice to people who are inferior to you. It's only for a week, so have no fear. Be grateful that it doesn't last all year. Anyway, sorry. Um, I love Tom Lehrer. If you haven't watched Tom Lehrer, listen to Tom Lehrer a lot. Of the the this is the year that was is I guess a little bit aged because it, it talks about some stuff from like a, I guess the '60s. Um, so uh, so you might have to be more understanding um, of what was going on in, in '60s politics to get some of that stuff. But um, it's a great album, and Tom Lehrer is 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 a, is a Tom Lair is a national treasure, and he actually put uh, his sheet music and lyrics into the public domain so anybody can record them and sing them, and it's fine. Like, I did not break anybody's copyright by singing that a cappella, and if I could play an instrument, I'd be able to do it, and um, there would be no problem. I just can't – I don't think I can use his recordings because that would be a violation of somebody's copyright, whoever owns the recording or whatever. Uh, I used to like talking to the Harry Christians at the airports. I, I, I walked up to a evangelical in Bourbon street one night and I I had the evangelical tell me that I was right about something political. I was like, that was amazing. I loved that. It was wonderful. Um, I was basically like, Hey, (laughs) um, you know, I, I have a good day. You told me I'm right about my religion. I'll see you later. My conversation is done with you at that now. Um, one thing I was going to bitch about today. One thing I was going to have a <coughs> epic rant. I talked about it yesterday on my, uh, on my stream. Hold on. On my live stream for Twitch. I was, I was, I got a letter in the mail two days ago. See, I ha- for some Long drawn out the to explain reason. I had to file by mail. I couldn't file electronically on my taxes this year. So I smelled in my paper um, tax forms like April 14th. Like that's when they were postmarked or whatever. Maybe it was a little earlier. I don't know. But they were saying it would take up to six months for them to be processed. And I think five months later, they were processed. But they told me that I was not going to get the 3300 bucks that I was expecting they told me that I was only going to get 300 bucks and I was pissed off. I'm like, but this is not right. And so I called the number. They told me to call. The person was no help on the phone was absolutely rude. And uh, I ended up having to mail them in my argument as to why they owe me more money. And two days ago, I got a letter in the mail saying, we're very sorry. We're going to need at least 60 more days to deal with this, to be able to process this and go through with it. I was like, are you fracking kidding me? 60 more days that I'm not going to have my own money. And So I was planning an epic rant about the IRS and about conservatives and how I called in Jeff's show today. And I was like, y'all conservatives are complaining and bitching and moaning about the 87,000 IRS employees that they want to hire And they're not all agents. Some of them might be agents, but they're not all agents. Some of them are needed to do, like, the back of the house stuff and, like, you know, processing tax forms. And guess what? Like, I was like, because y'all won't properly fund and y'all won't properly staff the IRS, I am now sitting here now 10 months after, eight months, eight months? It was April to December. I'm now eight months in being told that I'm going to have to wait 10 months potentially to get my money back if they decide to actually give me my money back. Well, rant over because I got another letter in the mail today, two days later saying, uh, we are going to be adjusting the amount of in your account based on what you initially had submitted. Uh, so the, And I was like, oh, well, There's no check in here. What's going on? And then I immediately went to check my bank account, and I had the $3,000 I was owed, plus about 100 100 bucks or so in change of money, um, interest that they owe me because they didn't give me my money in time. So I got interest on the money. So I had this all big rant ready. I was probably going to be talking maybe about a half hour or more about the horribleness that is the IRS. And then I had it all ready to, to be ranting about it all show until uh, Devante Lewis came on. And then what happens? They decide that they're going to go ahead and give him money. So I guess I can't really complain about it because I now can't rant about it much, although there is a bunch of ineptitude going on there. Why on earth did they decide to just not give me my 3300 up front instead of you know, making me have to? If, if I didn't realize, if I didn't fight, and here's the thing. I guess I could rant about this a little bit because I filed and I know what I'm doing mostly. I mean, I use H&R Block for some, but the H&R Block was going to charge me a hundred bucks to put one piece of paper on my taxes. So I was like, no, I had H&R Block do most of my taxes. And then I did the additional one piece of paper and then added that to my tax forms, adjusted my W my, my 1040 form so it had the new information on it and then submitted that because I could do that, no problem. And I wasn't going to pay an extra hundred bucks to get this done. And the problem with paying the extra hundred bucks, because I almost did it was not the fact that why should I have to pay a hundred bucks to get money back, to get, to get just a little bit more money back. It did it seemed to be a wash. Like if I would have paid the hundred bucks, maybe I wouldn't have gotten, maybe I would have gotten a little bit more than that back. So it might've been, might have been worth it, but not that much. But the problem was is that I had, to, I had to buy this whole service, and which required me to upload everything to their server so that they could have a professional look at everything when I only needed one thing looked at. So I think I might have to use H&R Block this one last time for this last year because of the 401k loan that I was dealing with. Um, And that's the reason that the 401k loan that I took out from COVID to be able to help me survive whilst trying to find a new job. Um, And so, um, and then after that, I probably won't be using HNR Block again because it was a bait and switch because year one, they did, they allowed me to use do it for free. Year one, they included that, that information for the first year on the taxes but year two they made you buy a hundred dollar product i'm like that's a bait and switch if i would have known that you were going to make me pay this money i would have went to somebody else so i was not happy with h&r block but let's even so so i um file the taxes and i get i get my forms back and what happens if i not am not as stubborn as i am what happens if i'm not as Adept at figuring out things. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I'm typically smart enough to figure things out. And what if I wasn't? What if, what if I'm just somebody who has just accepted it and was just like, oh, I guess I was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, I'll just sit here with my only my $300 refund instead of my $3,300 refund. What can I do? How can I fight it? I don't know. And well, Guess what? That that if I was that type of person, I'd be out three grand and I wouldn't know what to do to fix it. Fortunately I knew what to do to fix it. But can you imagine? I can't imagine how many people have dealt with this problem. I can't imagine how many people like submitted their taxes, were told that their taxes were incorrect and that they didn't know that they didn't get as much money as they think they were thought they were getting who just accepted it and moved on and just let the government have their money. I mean, it's terrible. You know, a lot of times conservatives will argue on, you know, we should have a more simplistic form of taxes. Sure, absolutely. Make a simplistic form of taxes. Make it progressive so that, you know, because when you're richer, you have more stuff to deal with. Make sure you can deal with stuff like, you know, dependents and stuff like that. Um, And don't tax tax. Um, capital gains at a lower rate than you would tax to other gains, all income should be treated the same. Simple as that. May, I'm, I'm all for making it simpler. I'm just not for making it simpler in a way that lets rich people get away with paying less money in taxes. Because that's what the, ultimately what the conservatives want when they talk about simplifying the tax code. They just want to make it easier for, for rich people to get away with it. They don't want to be audited. That's why they don't want that's why they don't want the 87,000 people being hired by the IRS because they they're being mis- they misled they mislead the, the poorly educated uh, or the undercare educated or the people that you know Trump loves. They mislead them into thinking that all these people are going to be coming after you and your $600 um, PayPal payments. when it's, If it's just friends and family, they're not coming after that. They're just coming after people who are using it for business. And if you're using it for business, you should be claiming it anyway. But they're making, they're, they're making these people who are you know, worried that their grandma sending, I don't know if their grandma would send them a Venmo payment, but they're people sending a Venmo payment. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know, they're gonna come after me and my money and therefore I can't support this. But that's not the reason that the, but they think that one day they're going to um, be rich and famous again, and that somehow they're gonna not wanna be audited like the rich people are audited. They don't want they want they don't want to have to go through an audit when they become rich. Even though the barriers to entry into wealthdom, if that's a word, um, is hard, is a very high hurdle to go over. But they they're led to believe they're misled into thinking that somehow they're going to make it. They're going to make it and they're going to be rich, and then they don't want to have to be taxed, you know, the high amount of money that the that the rich people. So let's lower the taxes so that when I become rich, I can pay less taxes too. But people tell me, people tell me, oh, well, you know, if you make a whole bunch of money, you know, you're going you're gonna to get taxed more. I'm like, yeah, I look forward to being in the 50% tax bracket because that means I'm making bank. That means I'll be making a crap ton of money and I'll be able to live my life as I want to because I'll be making a lot, of, a lot more money than I am now um, based on the current tax rate that I have. Yes, please. Make sure that I'm in that tax bracket. I would love to be in that tax bracket. Make it happen. Make it so, so to speak. Um, let's see. Go way back. Patty wax. would you want to know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas, Paddywhack? Let me know. Um, me? Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Sorry. Um... Let's see. Let's scroll and see what I'm missing. Yeah, you know, when the chat flies by. I already saw that one. So I'm, with, I'm at the bottom or at the top of what I've seen already. Um, let's scroll, scroll, scroll. Um, I haven't been in the airport. ain't been in the airport in years. No idea if they're still there. Oh, the Hare Krishna's. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a Hare Krishna in my local airports, but I might have I might have saw one in 2019 when I went to Los Angeles. Um, can I think written records men are important can be learned from have haven't met this guy, guy, uh, Jeff Curry. I've been killed off a few times. Great fun. Uh, Jolie a couple of weeks after they announced the new IRS hires, my dad yelled at me over a tax bill. He got blamed it on my guy, Biden. I'm like, you're so dumb. It's not happened yet. <laughs> nice. Um, so again, what, what, what do I want for Christmas? Uh, we'll see. Uh, well, I'll see what you want. Um, Suzanne, I saw the medical doctors and nurses trying to bring them back to life. Very real, guys. Uh, Kimchi, Suzanne. If someone doesn't talk to you, screw them. Says more about them than you. None good. Uh, Kimchi, uh, women writings and uh, let's see. I told him it's not Biden's fault. You suck at math. LOL. Real BP. The IRS hires over a ten-year period starting in 2023. They were replaced with high and transfers. Yes, that's also true. Um, H&R Block messed up my taxes, I owed near six grand. You don't have people, exactly. I always make sure to double and triple check. I always do the online one, but it's just the one particular thing that I needed to do with the 401k loans was was the issue. Um, Let's see, kimchi. my dead friends and relatives and family's pet visit me in my dreams. I had, Suzanne, speaking of which, um, I did have a dream the other day where my grandmother was in my dream uh, my dead grandmother was in my dream the other day and it was weird because I didn't get to talk to her like i would have liked to she was explaining who the weirdos were in her house uh, because the dream was more about the weirdos in her house but she was there she didn't leave me with any words of wisdom or anything but it was nice to be able to see her in my dream i suppose and it was before her mind started uh, degrading a little bit so i was able to at least talk to her a little bit which was nice so i guess it, it gave me the good memory um, lots of good memories of my grandmother. I'll, I'll have to tell the story again one time if we have time. Um, let's see. Free medical, free food needs, if you have money, spend it at 50%. Raise taxes 50%. Raise taxes by 50% or to 50%. Um, these jackasses, rebel flags, as curtains and trailer parks need lower taxes. <laughs> nice. Um, I took our feral cat in. We did take an a feral cat as well one time, um, S'mores. Unfortunately, he had a feline leukemia, and he wound up passing away pretty after a couple of years. But we gave him a couple of years of a good life that he wouldn't have had because he was out on the street. And he was a very sweet cat. Um, my, our other cat didn't like him too much. Um, but let's see Really, what I would like for, is for family friends to have a great holiday, regardless of political views. I want Trump to be in jail. I want peace for the Ukrainian people. Heck yes, I agree with that. That is something that I think everybody should want. I would love for family friends to have a great holiday. I would love for Trump to be in jail, and I would love for peace for the U- Ukrainian people. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise whatever deity you want to praise. Um, I respect. I say how I respect all religions except for the ones who say I'm going to burn forever if I don't if I disbelieve theirs. Exactly. That's right. I mean, if you have to use a threat of eternal damnation to make you believe, that's not really belief, is it? Um, puppies next door to me are adorable. They're part of the burnings. Let's see. See, I was a grandpa guy, but I understand the gift of a dream. Um, yeah, I haven't. Shockingly, I haven't had. I felt really bad. Uh, Because I was a little sick and I was also doing um, ride sharing at the time. Um, I was, I was, so I really, when my grandmother passed away, it was not in the, it was a time where if I would have left to go out of town, I would have been giving up on a lot of potential money and I was worried about my family. Um, And so I, I felt really bad that I missed my grandmother's funeral. So when my grandfather died, I made sure as hell that I came up there and for the funeral, brought my family up to the funeral as well um and it was and my boys even though my boys are generally well behaved um everyone was surprised ju- at just how well behaved they were in the services they were they were amazingly good like so very good during the services or whatever um i guess i can tell the story of my grandmother now uh i think some of you may have heard this one already um the uh my grandmother uh, I think graduated college at 19. Uh, she spoke Spanish fluently. She's not a native Hispanic speaker by any means, but she took Spanish. And so she was able, she was always fluent in Spanish. That um, We have a video where my, my uncle took a video of her telling this story in English. And then she told the short story as well in Spanish. Um, so right after college, you know, she, it's like in the 40s. So she's working, she ends up getting a job because she speaks Spanish fluently for the War Department. And uh, one of the thing that they had her doing is they were in like the censorship division or whatever, uh, because they, have, they had letters that were being sent from the United States to Mexico. And so it was the responsibility of her and several other people, maybe one other person to read the letters that were going to Mexico and making sure that nobody was sending Mexico any of our secrets. So um, she would, you know, open up a letter, read it, verify that it was kosher, and then send it on its way. And then she would do the lather, rinse, repeat all over again. Until she got this one particular letter and she saw the letter and she hands it to her coworker and she goes, I think you need to be the one who looks at this one and she's like, Why? Why can't you look at it? And she was like, Because it's my letter that I wrote to my cousin in Mexico City and I don't think it would be appropriate for me to to look at my own letter and say that it was okay or not. So, a my grandmother had integrity because she could have very easily just looked through and been like, yeah, it's fine. But she was she had integrity and she just passed it under a coworker to have a look. But it's also just what are the odds that you she writes a letter and to 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 Mexico City and all of a sudden uh, it, it comes back across her desk of all of the interpreters that they had interpreting the letters and trying to make sure that. Uh, trying to make sure that uh, secrets weren't being sent outside the borders. So that was, it's, it's a great story. Um, one of the things, like I remember one time I was having to cook a meal from my Spanish class in high school, and we couldn't find uh, the definition of what something is. And we finally figured it out. It was, it was laurel, and laurel are bay leaves. So, and we are looking at the thing, we're looking at the store. I'm looking for Laurel, looking for Laurel, looking for Laurel. All of a sudden I see Bailey of Tennessee in parentheses, Laurel. I'm like, Oh, for Frick's sake, really? So we were able to make this dish and it was, it was pretty good. It was, it was a lot. We had a lot of food. To um, so see how, wow. I missed my grandfather's sooner by three days because I was in combat. He was the world to Yeah. My grandfather uh, was not a World War II vet, but he did go to Germany afterwards. I think he started in 45 or maybe 46, and he did go into Germany afterwards to help with, I guess, the, the peacekeeping part of it. Um, but, yeah, um, it was uh, it was very quick. Like like my grandmother died, and then like, he just kind of deteriorated at that point because he was always very healthy. He was like 97 and going on long walks. Like he was very, he was very much, you know, into his health or whatever. But I think there was like a car accident that took place. And I think the car accident took place and just, I think it just went downhill from there. Um, And it was all kind of like, this is terrible. This, this, well, here's the thing. My grandfather passed away while I was watching Endgame. So Avengers, I'm watching Avengers, no, not Endgame. I'm watching Avengers Infinity War, right? So I'm at the movie theater. I already know that he's sick, but I have my phone turned off. And I I go to check my phone to see if there's any, to check how many post-credit scenes there are before we leave. And the first thing I see is a text message from my dad saying that my grandfather had passed away. And the first thing that came to my horrible mind was, God damn it, Thanos, you have got my grandfather with the snap, um, because that's how that's how Jewish people many times deal with sadness. They make jokes about it. That's how Jewish people um, made it through the Holocaust. That's how Jewish people deal with. That's how Mel Brooks has often talked about how uh, Jewish people use humor to deal with pain. And that's why he often will make fun of Nazis to take away the power, to take away the pain um, that, uh, to, to try and hide the fan or mask it or whatever, try, try and you know, use it as a way to, to, to just make it through the day, I suppose. Cause if you can get a laugh out, um, you, you're, you're maybe halfway there already. So that's, that's, that's the comment that I had in my head. Of course, then I got very, then of course I get to the car and I start crying on the way home because then it actually hit me what had happened. And, um, yeah, it, it was, I was not doing well with it, but then I'm like, we're going up to Maryland. We're going up to see, We're going up to the funeral. Um, I need to go up there cause I, I was very upset that I didn't go see the other one and I'll be very upset with myself. I don't see this one. So, um, and then I made everybody cry when I gave my, when I gave my eulogy, because I was like, I really, want to give, I really want to say something. I really have something that I want to say. I wrote it down. I gave it to my uncle. My uncle was like, yes, you, you should say this. And so I got up there. I spoke, and I made everybody cry. Chuck um, Rajan, I don't like religion. I have all the stupid rules and rituals and customs that one should always do. S-F-E-S. Um, Jeff Curry, I damn near turn Catholic just to check it out. Um, Crimson, I have my faith I don't need to go to church my joke about you know being I'm not a practicing Jewish person uh, my joke is that I practiced enough as a kid I don't need any practice anymore I know how to do it um, but you know I am I did go to Jewish day school from first grade to eighth grade I went through some tips some classes after that in high school after school um, even took some college classes during high school got some college credits for it uh, for you know just learning and understanding um, lots of things about my faith. So I'm pretty knowledgeable for somebody who's like not a rabbi. I think I su- I surprised several of my Jewish friends who I guess they didn't know my history because I wasn't here um, when I was in in elementary school and middle school and high school. And I started talking about all of this uh, biblical stuff and all of the rules and everything like that. And they're like, wait, you know, all that. I'm like, yeah, of course I know all that. I've, I've had, I've had lots of lots of practice, lots of learning. The learning did not go to waste. Even you know, it's up there in my head, even if I'm not practicing it right now. Kimchi um, never had a grandpa related or adopted all that before I was born. Um, it could be yeah, I was a practicing Catholic, no longer practice. I perfected it. Of course, my wife is a lapsed Catholic as well. So her being a Catholic and my being a, a Jewish person, our, our kids are cashews. Um, so. What else? And my situation is I actually knew my, both of my great grandmothers on my dad's side. Um, my, that I was, they were, I was young enough or they were, when I was, I was old enough to know who they were. In reality, like, I forget when my grandmother Rose died. My grandmother's mother, my grandfather's mother, I think she died when I was 12. Because or 13, because I was in, I went to this sleepaway camp for two years, and the first year in sleepaway camp, it was uh, my mom came up with my grandparents to visit, and then the next year it was supposed to be my dad and my and, and those grandparents who came up to visit, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting in the bunk and I'm looking up the hill waiting for my dad to come down the hill, expecting my dad to be late because well my dad's always late, and all of a sudden I look up and say like that looks like my mom, but it can't be my mom because my dad's coming. And I'm like, well, that looks like my grandparents, but it can't be my grandparents because my dad's coming. And then they get down the hill. I'm like, that's my mom and my grandparents. What the hell happened? And they're like, Oh, your great grandmother died. I'm like, oh, okay. But I wasn't as close. I wasn't really close to those, to my great grandparents. So it was didn't affect me as much as it did when my grandparents died, obviously. Um, but the other weird thing is because my mom was adopted, so you know those were the, my adoptive grandparents. I guess that came with, with me. My mom did her DNA test, got her genealogy, found a half brother, found um, found her dad. Didn't find she might have find her. She might have found family from the mom, her mom's side. But I think when she reached out to them, they had no interest in, in meeting. Um, but she was able to meet her family and she actually got to meet her biological dad and knew him for about a year or two before he passed away. And um, (laughs) I always say hi, keyboard, nice. Um, And so, uh, what was it? So he was getting sick. um, And that is the part of my family that's very conservative. Like, I don't hardly know them, but they're Georgia through and through. They're not Atlanta, Georgia. They're like Milledgeville, Macon, Georgia. They're they're deep South Georgia. And um, I got to the point where my my uh, half uncle, I don't know if that's what you would call him. He blocked me on Facebook because we got in too many arguments because he was way too conservative. Um, but my... Uh, My mom was going to go visit um, because I think he was getting sick or he was sick and she wanted to go visit him. And I told my wife, I was like, look, I want to go this weekend to Georgia. And because if I get to meet him, great, that'd be nice to be able to meet him. But I really had a feeling that he was going to pass away. And that weekend, I just had this feeling in my head that like, this is going to be the weekend that he dies. Um, and, you know, it could just very well be that he was waiting for her to come see him before passing away, before allowing himself to let go. Um, so we spent the day with my stepdad and my kids because they didn't want to, like, put my kids, I guess, through the boring day of spending time at, you know, the house where we're just sitting around waiting for um, waiting for the inevitable to happen. Um, and we were about ready to go to the house. And we were driving, we were checking on my mom's dogs at the hotel. We drive, we're in, on the way from driving from the hotel to the house when he passed away. So I never got to meet him. I saw the back of his head. Uh, we never got to meet him, but at least I was able to be there for my mom who was, you know, now going through a loss of losing her, losing another father yet again um, because she already had to deal with the death of her adopted father. Now she had to deal with the death of a new father as well after having. No father for years um, and at least no living father I should say um so it was i was I was glad to be able to be there for her um and be able to p- provide that support for her um, but yeah it was it was just i think what what happened was and this is i don't know if you'll cry at this one or not, but uh, I think what my mom said was uh, she was sitting there and she was talking with him, and she basically was seeing how much he was suffering and and she basically was like, it's okay, you can let go now. And I think five minutes later is when he passed, because I think he, he allowed, I guess he allowed himself to relax and just let himself go. And so at least she was able to be there for him. And what's sad is that she, some of the people in that family, in that side of the family, don't treat her as if she's really family simply because of the fact that she was never around because nobody knew who she was until she popped up with the DNA test, even though she is blood related. Now, on the other side of the coin, the adopted family, one of my aunts, or she's really a cousin, but when my grandmother passed away, um, made a big stink over the fact that she felt that she was owed my, my grandmother, she should have my grandfather's, my grandmother's photo books, my grandmother's photo books and her sister's photo books, which my her my grandmother's sister was this woman's mother. So the photo books were almost, almost exactly the same. It was almost duplicate pictures. Like if you got to both books, you would have like an 80% intersection of same pictures. And my mom was more than happy to do like scan in the pictures that she didn't have to make sure that she had copies of them. But my aunt was like, no, I want them. And she made a big stink out of it. And it was really disgusting. And so you you went from you went from you know me feeling like I was part of this family to really really feeling like you know did they really not feel that we were part of that family because we weren't blood related and that pissed me off so I haven't talked to anybody on that side of the family for a very long time either um, so because I didn't like the way they treated her and at the end of the day them treating her like that was basically them also treating me like that too, so I don't know. maybe if, maybe if maybe someday there'll be a reconciliation, I don't know. Um, so who knows? It's, it's hard because you know I, I really like my cousins, uh, but like my cousin sent me an invitation. my oldest cousin sent me an invitation to her wedding back in 2006. I think it was, and it was me and a guest. And my mom was not invited. So my joke was, I'm allowed to bring a guest, so how about you be my guest, mom? And we laughed about it, but I was like, that would probably not be the best decision to make. And we just decided to go against it. And I just I didn't feel like I could afford a plane trip out to California at the time anyway. So, um, yeah, that's the whole story about my family, <laughs> or some of my family at least uh let's see kim let's see ken we live next door to that grandmother i guess we need to scroll back to catch back up on that yeah i um for a while i lived with my maternal grandparents the adoptive ones we lived together um after my mom got divorced and my, my mom got a apartment and then my grandparents got an apartment that was kind of like one block over in a different apartment building but i was i could be done with school and I could go hang out with them if I wanted to go hang out with them. Um, And then we eventually just all moved into a house together um, until mom got finished up with her school and was able to uh, get back on her feet and have her own position and then have her own apartment, which at that point they moved out to California. So to go be closer to her relatives. Uh, Let's see. Laughing at the cashews. Let's see. I have fond memories of every Sunday going to my great grandma's house, all cousins there putting me up to whatever got in trouble. Um my brother, grandmother once told me I would get pregnant if I wore shorts outside. True story. Nice. I don't think that's how science works, but then again, uh grandmothers might not be the best of people who understand science. You know, they were alive, they didn't even have indoor plumbing, right? <laughs> um my aunt blocked me on Facebook around 2016. She lived in the upstairs apartment of my grandmother's three-flat. Nice. Um, by the way, we live next to him, Let's see. But my mom was all about the castor oil and Kempophonique. Nice. Uh, Crimson and I was adopted too. So when I did my DNA test, the first cousin came up. Her and I are good friends now. I've met my biological dad and have a relationship with now. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, freaking family. I guess the the one thing that I like that was great about my dad's side, my grandparents on my dad's side is they were always very progressive. They they knew Joe Biden. They worked on his first campaign. They always talked about how wonderful of a person he was. My mom's adoptive parents I mean, they were Democrats, but they also voted for Reagan in eighty four and my and my mom was very pissed off that they voted for Reagan in eighty four simply because of the fact that, you know but my, my grandfather was from Russia and was not a fan of Russia and as such wanted somebody who was going to stand up to Russia as if, you know, Mondale wouldn't have stood up to Russia. But, you know, wait, hold on. I'm looking for the darn, there it is. It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. So i scrolled far too far down for that one, I suppose. see. Um, modern day Republican grandmas push ivermectin. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. It makes me wonder if people are stupid enough to believe that a parasite and a virus are the same thing. Well, this is how it says. If you have COVID and you take ivermectin and you feel better, that just means you also had worms and you got cured of the worms. Mazeltov. So um, uh, it's 9.45 already. Ugh. Um, I may just have to reschedule uh, Devonte Lewis for next week or something because... I'm starting to get a little tired, um, started to, I mean, I guess I could continue to blather on about random things altogether. I wasn't plan, I wasn't prepared to talk about a whole too much of the stuff today. Cause I was, I was ready to talk about stuff with Devonte Lewis and, um, I mean, I could give a brief 30,000 point overview of what happened, um. You know, if you remember the last podcast that Devontae Lewis called into, the Louisiana Democratic Party had set up, they changed the endorsement process so that it would be harder for Gary Chambers Jr. and Devontae Lewis to get endorsed. They So they thought, well, Gary Chambers Jr. and Devontae Lewis got all their ducks in a row and were able to get what they needed to get done in order to get the endorsement. Well, the head of the Louisiana Democratic Party, Kenny Bernhardt, did not like that one bit. So, they had a vote to suspend the rules and just endorse everybody, which was what they were not supposed to do. But that's what they did. So, they endorsed everybody instead of endorsing the people who did the work to get the to get the endorsements. Now. In Louisiana, it's an open primary system, so therefore, if you if you have multiple people trying to force a runoff, maybe that could have worked to the to the benefit uh, of you know Gary Chambers and maybe you know Gary Chambers should have targeted a certain amount of people and um, Nixon should have targeted other people and maybe tried to get enough people to, to get and force a runoff, but I guess that's not what happened because Kennedy got more than enough votes to win in the first, but uh, but Devontae Lewis was able to force a runoff. Um, with his co-endorsed candidate. So what happened? The Louisiana Democratic Party spent money on his opponent, to so supporting his opponent, and they also <clears throat> donated money to Entergy, who's the, you know, energy company in Louisiana. And they sent the money to Energy's I guess Entergy's PAC, and Entergy was supporting Bossier instead of Lewis, which made me think, well, this money is probably going to Entergy to also help support dossier instead of so you have two co-endorsed candidates going up against each other in a runoff and louisiana democratic party is spending money to, beat, to put one over the other that just goes to show you how horrible the louisiana democratic party is at this point like i would love to be able to run to get in there and start trying to fix stuff in it but again i'm not that good at running and the person who's in my seat uh who was in my seat at the time was was very popular i guess and there was no way that i would be beating him but we do need a change in the Louisiana Democratic Party. I just don't have the I don't have the funds to to fund that sort of thing. So let's see. Religion and politics destroyed my family. Trumpism just finished what religion started in the sixties. Uh, Jeff Cray, my dad fell out of a tree as a kid. She said take a poop and chemophonique, he drank it. <laughs> nice. back on thanks for the show. Uh, say hi, self-one, self. Step two, family. Step three, faith. Step four, government. Isn't a funny? Americans read shit upside down, reverse it, and think about it. Nice. That's true. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. Take a poop. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so your Bill P's going to bed. I think it's about time. I'm just going to send Devante Lewis a message and say, look, um, I decided to end the show today. We can reschedule for next week. I have no problem with that. I understand you got stuff to do dealing with storms. Nobody was expecting that, I guess, to be that bad It was, it basically, it was getting worse. Like the guy on the news was telling people, look, you're not going to see this coming. There's very low visibility and it's coming at you now. So go get shelter. And it was coming, And it was like, here it is. It has not weakened. You need to be safe. Go. So anyway, Jolie sharing the links, liberal Dan radio, liberal, uh, patreon.liberaldan.com or patreon.com slash liberal Dan to support the show month to month. Um, or you can also support the show month to month on buymeacoffeecom radio or just click the Buy Me a button at limbdan.com. Or you can Venmo me as well. Uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't, share videos, and encourage your friends to subscribe as well, so we can try and get to the 1,000 um, subscriber mark at some point. So then I'll be able to, uh, I'll be able to, um, what you call it? get some monetization on the channel too which would be cool anyway this is the end of this week's episode of the real dan radio talk from the left that's right i will be on nerdydan.com on twitch.tv tomorrow night 8 p.m central if you want to join me there we can hang out and have fun we had a great time last night again with ken and uh i think Wes showed up for a little bit uh i had Jolie, aaron andrea as well um if i if i pop up pop up the lives other things to do Make sure to follow my Twitter account, Liberal Radio on Twitter. Um, I have Mastodon as well. I haven't gotten used to, used to using that yet. I'll eventually do that as well. But unless you join me tomorrow, So next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.